At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We started ministering on this in November of last year. And um, this is what I said. That Wednesday night, I said this. 2023 would be a year of God's Word being to us exactly what He says it is. And doing for us exactly what it says it will do. That 2023 would be a year where we lay hands on people, pray for them, and the sick would be healed in our services and when we take it out there. Amen? That's what's happening. That's what's continuing to happen. People are receiving healing. The, the, the testimonies that came forth last Wednesday, was that last Wednesday? Was, was those testimonies? Yes. The testimonies there all year, as we've prayed for people and laid hands on people, we've had, we've had countless manifestations in people's body. It's because of what God is doing. He's doing something in the earth. There is something supernatural that's happening throughout this earth. I mean, it's happening everywhere. Amazing manifestations of what we've been talking some about concerning the glory of God. Amazing manifestations of the glory are manifesting in the earth. God wants you and I just to be a part of it. The glory of God and the manifestation of God is not only connected to the supernatural. Because, because, well, no, no, uh, spectacular is what I was going to say, not the supernatural. Because spectacular things sometimes get our attention off of the supernatural. Did you hear what I said? If we're just looking for the spectacular, we can miss the supernatural. My encounter with the man on the street in New Mexico, that encounter was a supernatural encounter. Well, nobody saw it. There weren't cameras around. There weren't, you know, I wasn't looking for an opportunity to do a selfie with a guy. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that you can't do those kind of things, but I'm just saying we can't get so wrapped up in the spectacular of, of events that we miss the supernatural that God wants flowing through you to others, because God is really about people. And this whole year, I'm believing that each of you are becoming in a greater way commissioned to take healing to the world. Wherever you go. Whoever you come in contact with. We're not waiting for something. We're doing it. We're not waiting for some spectacular event. There'll be spectacular events. And those are great. I mean, what's ha what happened for the, those few weeks at Asbury was some spectacular manifestation and, and people saw it, and it went around the world. It needed to. It needed to. Yeah. 
But don't get off in waiting for the spectacular and miss the supernatural of right now. God wants, his, God wants humanity healed. And remember, those who look like they should be saved and those who look like they shouldn't be saved, they were both created by God. I'm talking about in people's minds. He said that his desire is what's good and pleases God our Savior is that all men and women be saved and all come to the knowledge of the truth, everybody. That's what's good and that's what pleases Jesus our Savior. It pleases him to see people saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth. Can you say amen? That's what the rest of this year is about. Truly about the empowerment, the blessing, the empowerment of God on your and my life and us being commissioned to the planet. And you know, you just have to be willing to do that every single day. Your eyes open. It's a new day. Father, I thank you that this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice. I'll be glad in it. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what things appear to be, the way things look to be, anything else. Today is your day. I'll rejoice. I'll be glad, and I will be led by your Spirit. I will hear your voice. I will do the things you tell me to do every single day. Whew. Can you say amen? Psalm 107 and verse 20. In, in, in every scripture that I'm going to read to you right now, some of these we've read in the last couple of months, two or three months. Some of them we haven't. I've just added a few. But every verse of scripture that I read tonight, I want you to see the absolutes in these verses of scripture. He sent his word. He sent his word and healed them, us. And delivered them from their destructions. God sent his word, Jesus, and he delivered us from everything destructive in our lives. He he has set us free. Say it, I'm free. Because he sent his word. He did. If he sent his word, I don't have to be in bondage to anything. Not anything. Not fear. Not anything that is destructive in any way, shape, or form. I have, I have the privilege, because of the word that was sent to deliver my life, I am privileged to be free in every area. Nothing has to hold me back. <clears throat> but with that said, what that means is that anything that could be unleashed to convince you That what you see, how you feel is more real than what I just read right here. It will be unleashed against your life. (laughs) Well, Pastor, that's not a lot of really good news. Yeah, it is. Because we've got the faith and the know-how from his word, from the knowledge of his truth, how to overcome any obstacle and situation that comes up against us. And because God sent his word, we can do it. If he hadn't sent the word, man, we're, we're up a creek without a paddle. But he sent his word. We're empowered. There's not anything we can't overcome. Paul said <clears throat> when he was talking, uh, where was it? His letter to Timothy. 
one of his letters to Timothy, and he said, many of the persecutions that came against me at these different places like Iconium and Lystra, he said, many persecutions came against us. But he said, the Lord delivered me from all of them. He said, every one of them. All of them. There's absolutes in that. If God delivered Paul from everything that came against him, he, he'll, he'll deliver us because he's actually already delivered us from everything we face. We have to learn how to receive it the way the Apostle Paul did. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 103 and verse 2. <clears throat> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Notice, he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my whole life from any type of destruction. You see the absolute in this. Absolutely has healed me in every way. He's absolutely delivered me and forgiven me of all my iniquities, all my sins, anything that would be, that would be leveled at me because of mistakes that I've made. He's already forgiven me. So I have to forgive myself and get on top of situations and realize I'm not going to continue to live like that. I'm not going to continue to disobey God and disobey his word and find myself living under the iniquities and under the pressure of sickness and disease when Jesus has already delivered me. Can you say amen? Psalm 91, verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I'll say of the Lord. What will, what will we say of the Lord? He is our, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil No evil, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague, any sickness, any disease of any kind come near your dwelling. What dwelling? This dwelling. By his stripes, I am healed. Did it say that? For he shall give his angels charge over me, to keep me in all of my ways, in their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone, or lest anything come my way. Angels of God are there to protect us in every single way. Can you say amen? Psalm 103 and 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. Who excels in strength? Angels. Who do his word. Who who does his word? Angels. Watch this. Heeding the voice of his word. So tonight, as we're sitting here right now, okay, 
We, we've, we've made it a point to show up here on a Wednesday night. You might be tired. You work today. Things going on in your life or whatever. Ah, you know, I, you, you have 101 excuses why not to be here, but you're here and you're listening to the word, but somebody else is listening to the word. Angels of God heed the voice of his word. They heed, they heed the voice of his big H word. His word. This word. Not, not the word only the angels in heaven and around the throne hearing him speak the word. It's when you and I speak the word because we've been given the authority to speak his word and get the same results that Jesus got. So this, we're not on our own. The deliverance, the healing, the forgiveness, all the things that he's already done for us. We've got angels working on our behalf to make sure that those things come to pass. I, I can't tell you, and, and I can't say that I know everything about how this works. But I'm going to read a verse of scripture about the commission that God gave to the early disciples that's been handed down to us to go and lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Right? And the reason you can't heal without revelation from the word is because when you speak over somebody, you've got to be speaking something that the Word says. You don't have to speak Scripture in verse, necessarily. You don't have to say, well, 1 Corinthians, this says this, or whatever. You don't, you don't have to word it like that. You might. I've done that many times. But many times, I've just said, be healed. You can line that up with the Word of God, to be healed. Jesus told different ones to be healed. He told them, your faith has made you whole, and they were well. We have to line up what we do with the Word of God because the angels are commissioned when the Word of God is spoken to make sure that those things come to pass. I don't know every single thing about that, but I know according to Hebrews 1 that the angels of God have been sent to minister on our behalf. And I'm telling you, there's not a day that I speak the Word when I'm not speaking that verse of Scripture, Psalm 130, well, 103 and verse 20, that I'm speaking and declaring that and reminding the angels multiple times in the day, remember the word that I spoke today. You heed that word and you make sure it's coming to pass. Did he give me the ability and the power to command angels to do that if I'm speaking his word? He's not going to command me to command an angel to do something that doesn't line up with what he says is so. But he gave us the angels to work on our behalf. So listen, you're not here like some lonesome dove trying to make something come to pass. You've got angels in all of heaven backing you up with the word of God, the angels of God, the spirit of God working on our behalf. Man, it's a win-win for us. How many know that and can say amen to that? Isaiah 53 and verse 3. He is despised and rejected. This is Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Messiah, Jesus. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, 
as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are, are, everybody say are, we are healed. Not will be when we have the manifestation, we are now. We're not the sick trying to get well, we're the healed, and we're declaring that sickness and disease has no right over our bodies. That's what we need That's what every one of us, everybody in here tonight, at the sound of my voice, anybody that hears these messages, we've got to be prepared to be commissioned to enforce this in our own lives and helping other people to see it enforced in their lives. Can you say amen? I want to read just the third and the fourth verses in in the uh, in the Young's translation of the Bible. Verse 3 says this, He is despised and left of men, a man of pains, and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he hath borne, and our pains he hath carried them, and we, we have a Steamed him, plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. First Peter 2.24 says this, just in the New King James Version. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. And I'm going to make Two or three points here from these passages in Isaiah and 1 Peter. If he bore, if he bore our sickness, then we don't have to bore it. If he carried our disease, we don't have to. He bore it. The, the, I like this definition of this word, B-O-R-E, bore, is to make a way through something with resistance, like to bore a hole in wood with a drill. You're boring it, you're boring that out, the hole there. So to bore is to make a way through something with resistance. He bore... Everything on, our, on his body that was intended for our bodies. And if that's the case, we don't have to. And what's vitally important that we understand is that it's not just a physical thing, but it's a spiritual thing that, that he bore, that he brought us through. What he experienced in the garden, our redemption... It was first spiritual, and then it was physical. I've had people 
I've had people, and I won't get into this tonight, but I've had people argue with me that there's no way that Jesus could die spiritually. If he didn't, then you're not born again. I'm going to say it again. If he didn't die spiritually, if he wasn't separated from God, then you and I didn't, you and I have no right to be born a second time. Thank God for the physical abuse that he took that by his stripes were healed. But listen to me, at the end of the day, the greatest miracle is if you're born again today, you live in eternity in heaven. Heaven's a real place. That's our destination. And you have a right there. Thank God that we can live our lives above the circumstances. We can receive the healing because of what he bore. The resistance with pressure that he overcame so that you and I could be liberated and free. Thank God for that in the physical. But listen to me, you, you and I have no clue what he did for us spiritually. Just in the natural, we won't know till we cross over the other side. I'm sure that God one day will let us see. A lot of people don't like to talk about that hell's a real place. There's a lot of Christians that believe that there's not really a hell. There's a lot of Christians that I've talked about that believe that, that human beings don't go to hell. Well, they just don't know what the Bible says. Didn't say God wants people in hell. He didn't create hell for people. He created hell for the devil and demons. And Jesus, the quote we have in 1 Peter 2, uh, verse 1 through 4 there, what is good and pleases God our Savior is that all people come to the saving knowledge and all people come to the knowledge of the truth. That's, what he, that's his desire. That's what he wants, but it's, it's humanity's choice thing that I know about people, there are a lot of people that think that are, there's a lot of different people that they think are in hell that are actually in heaven. <laughs> because God's not in, in the business of sending people to heaven. That's a person's choice. I mean, to hell, that's a person's choice. It's a choice to get to heaven too, yeah. But, it, but you go to hell, it's because you chose that. So I, I, don't know, I don't know all the answers to it. I don't know all that that looks like. But I can't back away from the word to make people feel okay. But I know this. Every human being will have a fair opportunity to make a choice. I just know that because he's, if not, he's not a just God. But I've, I've got friends that tell me, man, that's just not true. You know, these people have done all this bad stuff here. Man, they're, they're on their way to hell. Because of their actions, then so are you. Yeah, so are you. You're. A, I mean, if if my actions and the mistakes I've made would send me to hell, unless I spent half of every day on on my face begging God to forgive me, begging God to forgive me of something He's already forgiven me for. No, I have to receive it. And if I came to a place in my life because I was so deceived that I rejected God, then 
hell would be my destination. You mean you can be born again and fall from grace? No, not fall. You can pick up your goods and say, I'm walking away from God. And God will let you walk. Did you hear what I said? I mean, I don't have all the answers to it. I just know my God is fair. And he is just. And nobody's going to hell unless they chose to. And I don't know how that works and if it's last-minute situation or whatever, but I know this. No one knows the thoughts of another man except the Spirit of God that's in him. So you don't really know what people are thinking. Hmm? There's a lot of people out there <laughs> that say that they believe this, that, and the other because they don't want people to hammer them. Hmm? There are people that wouldn't say what I'm saying right here because they, don't, they, don't, they, they want to be liked by people. Well, I mean, I don't go around and make sure everybody gets this tape to hear what I just said. You, you understand? But if somebody hears this, they're going, to hear, they're, going to, they're going to hear from me that I'm talking about a God with compassion and love and, and understanding and is just and, and wants the best for every single person on planet Earth, right? That's why, that's why we're talking about scriptures like we're talking about tonight in reading. He's healed us. He's delivered us. He's forgiven us of all of our iniquities, right? He's liberated us in every single way. And we got to know it to receive it so we don't live our lives like we're beat up, sick, disgusted, worn out, everything's bad. No, no, God wants us living victorious in this life. Can you say amen? Griefs and sorrows in these, these two passages we just read, griefs and sorrows equals sickness and pain. Griefs and sorrows equals sickness and and pain. Where you see griefs and sorrows, he's talking about sickness and pain. Anybody had any pain in your body today? Come on, lift your hand up high if you've had pain in your body. Okay? Well, he took your pain. Come on, lift it high. Just keep it up. Don't put it down. Don't put it down. He took your pain. Everybody just close your eyes right now, and especially those who had your hand up, you put your hand on yourself right now. God's teaching you here at Gates of the City how to pray for yourself and pray for other people. Right now, with your hand on yourself, you agree with what I'm fixing to speak. I'm going to speak over you, and you continue it, you know, even into the, the, the evening and the night and tomorrow or whatever. But I'm declaring right now, Jesus did not have to take your pain. We just read in Isaiah 53, he took your pain. Because he took your pain, I'm commanding the pain in your body to leave now in Jesus' name. We're resisting the pain in your body right now, declaring it has no right to remain in your body because Jesus took the pain. By his stripes, you are healed, you're well, you're free from pain now in the name of Jesus. Every inch of your body, from the top of your head down to the bottoms of your feet, everything in between, pain has no right to remain in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
thank you now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands, begin to thank him. Even stand up where you're at for a moment. Just stand up right there in your seat. Just stand up if you need to and just begin to thank him right now. I'm healed. The pain is gone. It has no right to remain. Pain has no right to remain in my body now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so faithful and true to your word. God, you sent your word. You sent your living word and you healed us and delivered us. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We receive it now. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. And amen. You can be seated. I just want to end with two passages and then an ending scripture. Matthew 8 and verse 14 in the New Testament. When Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. What did he do? Huh? He touched her hand and the fever left. He didn't even say anything. They told him what was wrong with her. But he touched her hand and the fever left. You know, he said, I only do those things I hear and I see from my father. You know, my friend, <laughs> he's my friend, Luke. Luke will be free here because that's what I say over that guy. He will be free of, his, of the bondage and the devil and the demons that have tried to rack his mind. You can be born again and your head full of demons. The Bible's very clear. But Luke is free. When I drove off that day, I was so tempted to go find the guy. But God, he wouldn't let me do it. And when I, walked, when I drove away, I commissioned those angels that heard my words. They're watching over him. That guy said to me, he said, I'll never forget you. I'll see him in heaven. Wow. And the testimony that I'll get to hear about what God did. And it all happened just because I just planted a seed. Not because I fixed everything and made it. Because you know what? Most of the time it doesn't work that way. You and I are not good enough to fix somebody. But he can. We just got to do it his way. Wow. So he touched her hand and the fever left. She arose. And what did she do? Sat down and watched television. No. She arose and served them. When evening had come, he, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by what we just read, Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses. So Jesus was walking around and releasing in the earth what Isaiah 2,000 years earlier had prophesied would come to pass.
And what happened? It came to pass. He touched her hand to see the fulfillment of what Isaiah had prophesied. Remember, he didn't touch her hand as the son of God. He touched her hand as the son of man. Amen? So if, because it was, see, see, we're one with the anointing. The Bible says we're one with him, but with the anointing, not the deity. See, there's him and then there's us. See, if he would have healed her as the son of God, we have no hope. He's our elder brother that he chose to be, to come as a man, right? You, 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 you know, when I said this Sunday, when God created Adam and Eve, and then in chapter 2, he created both of their bodies and breathed life into them. See, God, the Father, doesn't have a body, not like a breathing body like ours. He just is breath. He just spoke life and breathed life in them. But it wasn't like, like in inhaling and exhaling kind of thing. It just, that's the best way I can explain that. When you read that about the breath of God, it's not an inhaling and exhaling. It actually says that in the Hebrew. It's just like a, like an explosion. And what he saw come to pass, what happened with Jesus, he was in an inhaling and exhaling body as the Son of Man, as an example that you and I can follow after, and we can do the same thing. We can touch a hand and a fever will leave as long as Father told you to do that. And see, if you do anything else other than that, or you do anything you know, short of that, then we don't see the fever leaving, or whatever it is. That's why we got to know him, and we have to know him through his word as we're reading tonight. <clears throat> Mark 16 and verse 15, and this is part of what you and I are receiving this year in a supernatural way the commission of God to take healing to the nations. And you know where the nations start with your next door neighbor. Well, yeah, I'm going to travel over. If you're supposed to travel, travel. But just remember, you got a next door neighbor or somebody across the street or somebody around you that's part of the nations. Remember, we're not going to live this life so focused on the spectacular that we miss the supernatural day to day. I'll tell you what, that right there is enough for you coming tonight. Can you say amen? Yeah. And he said to them, verse 15, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Say this after me. Lord, look no farther. Use me. Amen. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, they will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, 
and what will happen to the sick? They'll recover. This is Jesus commissioning his disciples of that day, but those disciples are the same disciples that are here today because there's not been any change in this dispensation of time. This is after he arose and he commissioned and released them to go and lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Mentally, spiritually, physically, every ailment, every issue of bondage, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. The sick don't have to be sick anymore. The poor don't have to be poor anymore. The oppressed don't have to be oppressed anymore. But you and I have to believe it. What is the hope of the world? The church. He said, Christ in you, Christ Jesus revealed in you the hope of the nations, hope of the world. God needs you and I. I, I, I was so, I've heard people say that before, but I literally could hear God saying to me, thank you for taking the time with people that can do nothing for you but just because I created them. Amen. And I, in, I leave you with this verse tonight, of these two verses. <clears throat> First John 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Whoever you pray for, whoever you speak over. But I want to ask you this question about this passage right here. Because to me, it seems like he could have left this out. He says that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. Why didn't he just say, if we ask anything according to his will, that he'll do it? He did. But first, I have to believe that he hears me. Do you know what is involved day to day in your my life? In believing that God truly hears what I ask for? That's true faith in God, trust in God, that has to be developed on a day-to-day -day basis. Even when it seems like, when, to you and me at different times, when it seems like he's not hearing me, I have to believe he hears me because if I'm asking something that I believe is according to his will, even if I'm not hearing back from him, I have to believe he hears from me. You can't be moved by what you see because the enemy is working overtime to get you to be moved by what you see, what you hear, how you feel, that that's more real than what God has promised. He works overtime, and he, and he never misses. He never takes a day off. No vacations, nothing. Man, because if he took a vacation, I'd be finding out when his vacation time was. Man, we're going to get everything pushed through during his vacation time, but no vacation. Never backs off. So much more faithful than most Christians.
But you know, when you see answered prayer, when you see things answered, you know that you know it's a result of things that you've said that have been downloaded. They've gone from your head to your heart. Mark eleven twenty three. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. You can have doubt in your head. We all do at different times. Day to day, have doubt in our head. You can have doubt in your head and really, truly still believe in your heart. If you deal with the doubt, take authority over the doubt on a day-to-day basis, giving it no place, and letting the doubt know, I believe what the Word says. And when that becomes a part of you, and that's downloaded in you, it's like you ask and it just... Because see, the asking and receiving thing from God is not like some magic show. You become a doer, a speaker, a declarer of the word to renew your mind and change the way you think. So that that ability to believe is established down in your heart and that's where the results come from. It took, it, Jesus, it, it took him 30 years to be ready for three years of ministry. And he was faithful. But he wouldn't be the perfect example for you and I if he just, you know, at three and a half, he just started casting out demons and devils and all that kind of stuff. That, that, that wouldn't be normal for humanity. He stayed submitted to his parents. Well, to his parents and then to his mom, or to his mom because his father, his earthly father, earthly dad, had passed away. But he stayed submitted to them until he was 30 years old did the things that he said. There's there's a lot of truth in that right there. But he did that so that he could believe and know and understand that God heard him in the things that he declared because he was hearing from God about what to do and what to say. Because you and I become successes in this life by being convinced that God hears us and you being convinced that you can hear God. That's where we get answered prayer. He gives us everything that we ask for when he knows. Look, he knows your heart. He knows what your head's doing with your heart and messing with it and things that are going on. You just stay with it and keep developing. And when he sees true humility, people humbling themselves under his mighty hand, then he exalts them. And he sees that things come to pass in supernatural ways. And that's where you and I are living today. Can you say amen? Father, I thank you tonight just for the commissioning going on in each person's heart and life. Commissioned to take your truth to the nations, to the world, to people everywhere. Everywhere. Taking the truth to people everywhere. Look at me for a moment. Let me ask you this question. How many have somebody, at least a somebody, that you know your life is ministering to? Just lift your hand. You know. I mean, it, 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 remember, I'm not talking about some big spectacular thing, but you know your life is ministering to somebody because of what you're saying, you're doing. Maybe you've never said anything to him. You just know your presence is around him. Come on, lift your hand if you believe there's somebody. Okay, 
Look, look, at, look around. Everybody. Just about everybody in here. But, you know, I, even if your hand isn't up, I promise you your life is ministering to somebody. God just wants that to increase in your awareness of him and what he would tell you about those people. He just wants that increasing every day. Takes about that much time to give place to speaking some things over other people other than yourself. Praying for people other than yourself. And the more you do that, the more you want to do it. Because you realize that's what you were put here for. To be a person, a minister of reconciliation, reconciling people back to God. That's who you are. And we've been commissioned to the nations. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.